it was a death because I had no identity outside of Christ. It was an excommunication because I had no people outside of the church. You know, Christians on every side are saying, oh man, it can be fixed, it's, it's okay, you know, anything's fixable, God can do anything. Yeah, well, why does not fucking do something, you know? Let's get angry, I mean, yeah. The stakes are too high to withhold our anger. That has kind of been my journey, but I, I can't let go. I don't know what it is, but I cannot let go of Christ, I can't. This is The Airing of Grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual de- and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 2, The Devil You Know. This is me. Hey, man, it's Derek. Hey, Derek. Hey, how's it going? Damn, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. What are you? Uh, how's how how are things? Shitty, man. Shitty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell me what's tell me what's going on. All right. All right. I'm gonna give you the Cliff Notes version since we that's, only have ten minutes. That's fine. Um, I got married five months ago. Uh, to the one I thought was the love of my life. And uh, she turned out to be incredibly abusive, um, emotionally at first, and then physically, and started breaking things. Anyway, um, part of of her abuse um, was directly wrapped up in the Bible. anything that she could use for what she wanted, she, she would. And, uh, a lot of that, a lot of that abuse has brought me interest. Interestingly, the week before your album came out, brought me to about the same place that some of your songs, um, (laughs) clearly state. I mean, it's almost like you were reading my mind. Wow. But I'm sure you've heard that plenty of times. No, no. How, 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 so how have you been processing that? Like how, what effect has it had on your, is there any division between how you're processing what you're going through with her and your, your spirituality? Your, I mean, is it, is it all just a, a fucking mess of, of crossed wires at this point? Or like, well, how does it feel to you? Well, it is easy to separate the two things for me, Mm. because even without the spiritual aspect of the thing, she still is abusive. Although, obviously, as you know, in the church, even when cases of abuse are involved, at least in the Reformed community, um, that's still not grounds for divorce. Hmm. So obvious, obviously those two things end up being wrapped up together either way. Hmm. But, um, as far as how I'm processing it, uh, 
on the one hand, I've had to say, you know, I've got to do what's best for me. Yeah. And that's really hard. And I'm sure you know that it's really hard to go from a life spent focused on one thing, you know, focused on Christ and trying to be that example. Mm -hmm. And then to come to a point where you have to flip the coin and say, listen, my existence is important and I, it's not going to be, it's not going to be fucked up by, you know, whoever wants to try and do that. So, um, obviously the two things are connected, but as far as the spiritual aspect of the thing, I, I, uh, I didn't for a while. It was just, I don't know. I don't know why the things that are happening are happening, you know, when I'm trying, I'm doing my best, I'm praying, right. I'm reading, I'm looking, I'm searching, and none of this shit is happening. Yeah. And, you know... It, is, there, and is there any part of you that's like, feel, is curious, like, if this is just God testing you, or if it's, you know, I mean, because, like, the thing that I feel like I went back to many times was like um, the, the, the whole thing of that, you know, that God never promises that he will necessarily remove our suffering from us so much as that he will go through it with us. Right. And, and so, and for a long time, I think I kind of hung on that and I was like, okay, okay, I get it. So this is a, it's a faith building exercise. And so I need to channel my frustration into I need to double down on it. And, and, and in other words, there, there was, I, I've always had a way of, of explaining, generally explaining God's behavior. You know what I mean? I don't mean to be, uh, you getting another call. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm muting it now. Sorry. Oh no, you're totally fine. No, but, but, uh, th- so there's a sense in which I feel like I've, I've always intellectually been able to kind of quote, excuse God's behavior. Um, it, it, by chalking it up to well, his ways aren't my ways, and and this is supposed to build my faith, and he never promises right. to remove me from suffering. Right. And where are you with those feelings? I mean, or have you um, even thought about that? <laughs> yeah, actually, I have a lot. Um, because that could be true. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Sure, that, I, I don't know that sure. it's not true, honestly. Absolutely, and I, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat there. I, I, I have. It could still be true. I, it could still be true for me. I mean, you know, who know, who knows? Right. Um, it's, right. I'm sorry. Thing, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The only thing that I've unlocked is that I don't know. Yes. And when it comes down to it, it could be that it could be a faith building exercise, but at the end of the day, it's not a faith building exercise that I I'm interested in spending time in. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I heard Patton Oswalt say something about like if you know, he in in maybe in his newest comedy special, and he's processing the grief of having just lost his wife, and it's really wrenching and and really beautiful. The the special, especially how tricky it would be to make comedy out of it. But he he says kind of near the end um, that you know it that it would make sense if it's all like it, what makes most sense to him is that it's all completely random and there's no explanation for any of this, and that's what makes that's what rings truest to him. But if if it is part of some plan and God is there orchestrating it, then he thinks God's an asshole. 
Do you, you, you know what I mean? And, yep. and therefore yep. kind of not someone he's interested in worshiping or being in a relationship with. And, right. you know, but, but having said that, again, intellectually, when, even, even saying that and as true as that rings for me as well, um, and I was suspicious it probably rings for you, even hearing that, I also think in my head, right, but in all of the classic stories in the Bible, I mean, Job could have said the same thing. Uh, Joseph, at the end of Genesis, could have said the same thing. You know, anyone, you know, Peter could have said the same thing. In in all the classic Bible stories, you could say the same thing. Because what gets God off the hook is, but his ways aren't our ways, and maybe at no point during our lifetimes will we see what the point was and his orchestrated plan that was at work. And but shit, that's a hard way mm. to live forever. I mean, because it's yep. just it's just a lot at stake. Because if he is orchestrating all things to some perfect plan that he has, fantastic. And I, but I want to, but I'm, but that's inf- that's something I want to get to the bottom of. And if he's not, that's also something I want to get to the bottom of. Because um, it seems so much more like the latter most of the time. It's like oh, absolutely. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, occasionally things do look orchestrated and meaningful even just like oh i was having a conversation with this person and that happened and this person called me and said they wanted to give me this and isn't that just like the lord and i'm like well maybe so yeah maybe so honestly maybe so but it could also be the whole a broken clock is right twice a day thing and Mm -hmm. so occasionally what about the other hundred billion times today that things didn't occur in a sequence that looked meaningful or orchestrated like do you base your life on the two times a day that the ro- the bro- broken clock looks right, or do I trust my intuition the rest of the time that this looks, this is horrible and random and it doesn't make any right. sense and only occasionally, statistically, it's probable that things are going to happen in some sequence where it looks orchestrated or real or meaningful, but I don't know, but I'm obsessed on finding out, probably more mm-hmm. so than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, so... But yeah, so where do you feel like you? If, where do you land right now? I mean, like you don't you're, you don't stay you don't stay anywhere, so it's not a you're not bound right. to your answer. But where do, what do you feel? Right. What are you feeling? I feel if I felt anything lately, it's that life, um, a peaceful life, you know, life filled with love mm. and filled with happiness is the exception to the rule yeah not the rule right and christianity would have us believe that that is you know it's that it's the opposite thing and all of the experience that i've had um even looking back into the time when i could easily 100 percent call myself a christian yeah all of the experiences that i've had don't really add up with that yeah and if I've learned anything in the last few days, it's that you don't you don't know what you believe until you are completely fucked over by somebody or some situation. Until your entire life is turned upside down. And you said something in uh, The Devil You Know that... Um, a gun to your head and the choice that breaks your heart to stay and double down or find a way to fall out of love. A gun to your head and a choice 
from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Dear Derek, You called me a couple years ago to thank me for supporting the Kickstarter campaign. I told you I'd been listening to you since Cademan's. I said I was a writer and we talked about art in the 21st century. I didn't tell you that I'd lost my faith a few years earlier. It was a big deal because I was a Bible college kid, an itinerant preacher, a foreign missionary, and a street evangelist. I almost told you over the phone. I probably didn't because I didn't know where you were, and it's sometimes hard to discuss these things. It was a death, because I had no identity outside of Christ. It was an excommunication because I had no people outside of the church. And being of the reformed persuasion, there was always the niggling chance that God was real after all, and he'd chosen to hate me like Esau. So what I want to say is, thank you for being so honest with fingers crossed. Thank you for allowing your art to change as you have changed. It's let me feel like I wasn't the only one changing in ways I didn't expect or necessarily want. You've laid bare the truth of separation, and you haven't flinched. For whatever it's worth, you make me want to be a better artist, to tell truer stories. Fingers crossed was like getting my heart kicked in the balls. It hurt surprisingly deep, and it reminded me, I'm still alive. Your honesty encourages me to face my own mourning and to tell my own stories about it. Thanks for starting the conversation. Hello? Hey, this... This is... Hey, it's Derek. Hi, Derek. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm sorry I'm running late. Ah, oh, that's life. Once you get behind, you can't... You just stay behind. I don't know how... <laughs> There's no catching up. <laughs> and there is no catching up. Ever in life. There is no point at which you catch up. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for making a minute to chat. Well, my pleasure. This is pretty cool. Yeah. No, no. It's my... It pleasure's mine. Uh, and if we're... Uh, if we're if we found our way to this moment, that means we either must have something in common or not. And uh, so I'm curious to hear your story. Tell me what's going on. Um. Oh goodness, how do you sum up your story? <laughs> what 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 uh, brought what so, brought us to this moment? Well, I I've been um, kind of a like medium level fan of yours since kind of since you left Cademan's Call is when I really discovered you I, I grew okay. up in the evangelical church right okay grew up in the Christian world still kind of live in that world sure. as a very changed person so mm. trying to figure out I think I live in that world reluctantly Interesting. Um, and so your like kind of your mockingbird era on has been really profound for me in terms of giving voice to some of the dissonance I feel in the church. Sure. And so then fingers crossed came along and I was like, you know, I was sad, but I was like, I get it. And hmm. it makes sense. And so I was curious. I just, and then I saw it and I just happened to see on Twitter at the exact right moment. That <laughs> you were doing. And I thought, 
I'll try it and see what happens. Oh man. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, so, and so where, and, and, and the record being what it is and whatever you've discerned about it, like where, where did that find you and where do you feel like you are with that at this point? Um, I think, uh, cause it sounds like, it sounds like I, when you say that you, you feel like you're in the Christian world, but reluctantly, um, like, yeah, do, totally. do you feel like you've gone through or are going through some kind of deconstruction of your own? Or do you, do you feel like yeah, just maybe out definitely. of sync with, with the, the thing as a cultural institution or like, I'd love to hear more about that. Definitely. Like I have definitely moved through, um, I am fascinated by, and I, find a lot of kinship in those that have gone through deconstruction and are working through that, uh, the liturgist podcast. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah, that. Oh yeah, sure, sure. That is like speak in my language on a regular basis. Hmm. Um, discovered Brian McLaren in yeah. like the end of my kind of college years at Bible college. Cause I'm a good Christian girl. So I went to Bible <laughs> college. Um, so kind of this language of, deconstruction and reimagining and kind of that crash of, Hey, this God is not really what I thought God was. And that has kind of been my journey, but I, I can't let go. I don't know what it is, but I cannot let go of Christ. I can't, I have, I don't know. My life experience has not allowed me to let go. And so I, I think that's where that dissonance comes in because I think there is something to the potential of the church and the church is vastly not living up to that right now. Oh, sure. Yeah. But there is something to what it could be. And there is something to the person of Christ. And there is something to the concept of love. And one of the things that I have clung to is this concept that love is God and God is love. Mm. And so there is something to that that is powerful and necessary. And especially in this day and age, mm. like that I desperately need to believe in. Yeah. And no, so no, I, I I'm, I'm with you. Let go. I, yeah, no, I'm, and, and, and it, what's interesting is like, I, I, I resonate with so much of that and I feel like I kind of process those three things as separate things in terms of, the idea of love and the idea of Jesus being the Messiah and the idea of the church and its potential, I feel like I kind of, there was maybe a point at which I had to break them apart into separate things and say, I for sure believe in the necessity and need for um, and magic of love. I for sure (laughs) believe in the potential of the institution of the church, whether it's founded on anything I believe in at any particular moment or not, just like I, I could believe in the potential of any institution. Um, I mean, I could believe in the, the potential of the, uh, the public, you know, uh, library system, but, um, but, but, I, but I do though. I, I mean, and uniquely though, the church uniquely, I think, you know, has a role to play and, and has such incredible potential. And then Jesus as a, as a figure and a character in the story, like those for me are separate things but on the whole, I really deeply resonate with what you're saying and the the need for it. Um, and um, but it sounds like you you have managed to hold those things together, which is a tricky thing to do. And um, <laughs> you know, which and I'm and so I'm, you know, and, and but do you feel as though whatever um, 
whatever reluctance you've had over the years, has it been, because, you know, talking specifically about the church and its potential kind of speaks to where it, in your opinion, it might have fallen short of that potential over the years. And (laughs) yeah. And is that what you feel like has created that reluctance for you sometimes is like, I just can't relate to, or it's hard for me to identify with this as an institution or a cultural idea because of the ways it falls short. Um, yeah, is, is, is that, is that kind of where it's centered for you? Do you think? Definitely without question. Yeah, like I yeah, have moved sense. through in my journey, I have moved through variety of denominations. So I've mm. spent some time just looking for one that you feel like really holds up. It's in yeah. the bargain. Yeah, totally. And, and also trying to kind of glean what is good from different places to yes. kind of create some sort of mishmash of, Hey, okay, maybe this is what church could look like, or this is what hmm. quote unquote Christian could look like, or what following. So I think there's. Part and where of that do you feel that with it have... at this point? Like what, it, as you kind of imagine it in your mind's eye, and based on the things that you have seen and the things you know where you feel like you've been able to go and say, okay, I think this tradition seems to really get this right, and this one seems to really get this part right. What What yeah. do you imagine? How How do you imagine it working well, or what? Where, where have you landed with it? Well, I've picked up um, I picked up little pieces elsewhere. So I spent some time in a Dutch Reformed church where I picked up just passion for learning and questioning and um, being okay with not agreeing with my church in that they were very Calvinist in their view, and I am absolutely not. Hmm. But having the safe space there to question and fight back and push back on that and had fantastic community there that allowed for that. And then oh, I moved wow. away from that community. I landed, um, part of my history too, is that I, I've worked at Christian institutions. So I work in Christian post-secondary institutions. So I've landed in, uh, I landed at a Mennonite institution. Oh, wow. Cool. And yeah. And picked up a lot of, uh, like pacifism and justice. Yes. And, I spent and some years there. studying, um, you know, uh, uh, nonviolence and, and, enemy love. And I, 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 and and it, what's funny is that I could finally, I was very, at the time I was squarely kind of Presbyterian and by tradition, although I I think I I can explain, I think I have an explanation in in my head about how I wound up there ultimately, ultimately before I kind of found my way out of the church, I was identifying more with kind of Anglican, um, Episcopalian yeah. as a tradition, but um, but at the time I was looking for when I as I was looking to study some of that, really wanting you know to find someone who was not afraid to to really look at what Jesus had said about caring yeah. for neighbor and enemy and 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 um, you know peaceful like nonviolent response, and I couldn't find anything yeah. anywhere except mostly in the Mennonite tradition and in the, like I wound up really getting familiar with some, um, with some theologians whose names I'd never heard before guys like John Yoder. And I know Stan, Stan, Stan (laughs) Harawas. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I've got a whole (laughs) shelf of books just by those guys. And, and, um, and it was such good stuff. And I really appreciate how that tradition has not been afraid of, I mean, because that stuff, that teaching, that stuff's really out of step, and it's really yeah. anti-national a lot of the time, and so it's yeah. really, it's really good, and um, so that's cool that you wound up. So anyway, you were saying that you, you then kind of found your way to that, to that <laughs> yeah. deal, uh huh. Totally, and then I wandered into a Lutheran 
church for a couple of years mm-hmm. and discovered kind of just grace and what everyone's welcome at the table looks like. Hmm. Um, that was kind of cool. And discovered liturgy there too, at rootedness in a long-standing tradition. Um, and then I have made my way back to an evangelical church, to the denomination of my younger years. And, and that's where I have just, I think right now, maybe learning that the Church of the Institution may be entirely fucked up. But right. oh, yeah. um, it's made up of individuals who are uh, individuals who have their own stories and are fucked up for reasons. And so mm. that's um, true. Yeah. I've, come into, <laughs> I've come into a, uh, yeah, just trying to be at peace with the individuals who are in my church and recognizing that even though I don't necessarily or I don't agree always with their point of view on the world, these are still real human beings mm-hmm. who I can relate to and who I can learn from. And every once in a while, they surprise me. Hmm. <laughs> so, which is really nice. It's nice to be surprised when you, uh, yeah, are kind of taking off that assumption that you know where people stand because they are associated with hmm. Uh, a certain belief system or whatever. Yeah, because it's like it's it, it. What you have to be careful of, and what I have had to be careful of, and I do really poorly most of the time, is not accidentally doing like reverse elitism, reverse spiritual elitism. Not accidentally yes. <laughs> doing the same thing to conservative people. Yeah. Um, that I. Oh gosh. That yes. I would. That I'm frustrated about them doing to me. Like to yes, where. Totally. It's like it's like where people accidentally presume that anyone with a southern accent is not intelligent it, it's yeah. like it's just it you, you, because you hear it and you just there's just these bullshit associations that you make with things that aren't real and and um and it's just too easy to to make a quick judgment call about someone and yeah. so it but it's and, and you, but you think it, it but it's i say you and i mean we i mean one one thinks it's hard not to think that that my judgment though of that person is okay because I'm, cause I think I'm, I'm right totally. about it. Well, so, and we live in our bodies and we experience the world in our own minds and in our own, from our own perspective. So it's really difficult to think anything other than the way we view the world is what the world is right. because for us, that's what the world is. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's the star of their own movie. And so yeah, exactly. it's, you can't not see everything from your own perspective. You can't, um, so you have to go easy on yourself about that. You have to just fail well, yeah. fail fast, and re- you know what, what? What do they say? Repent often, you know. Uh, yes. So that's well. That, and yet, and yet, you still seem to be tolerating me. So I really appreciate that. Well, I I really just appreciate your honesty and the realness that you bring to your albums. It's fascinating to hear you talk about your journey through kind of peace and stuff because a lot of that theme came through on some of your earlier albums and I know yeah. and I feel like again, what's interesting is words. it feels like it's part of me now even if the source material even if the things upon which I based those beliefs which are very counterintuitive even if even if some or all of it wind up being not really ultimately ringing true for me I, yeah. I I'm still I still can't explain why I can't shake those ideas like I, I I it's still it's like just some things just feel self-evident they feel 
Like yeah. you just have an instinct that this is just, this has got to be the right way or the best way. And to navigate like, things and like you hear Martin Luther, that's why, that's why Martin Luther King was such an important figure because you know, his, his teachings on like what he taught and the way that he taught it about nonviolence was transcended yeah. his spiritual beliefs. So he had people from all different backgrounds who believed all different things and might have really not seen even remotely eye to eye with him on the source material, but he was so persuasive in the way that he communicated the ideas of nonviolence yeah. that you just almost couldn't argue with it. It's just like, oh no, that's for sure the best way yeah, to like proceed. It just makes sense. And so for and me, it's it like, kind of, yeah, that's one of those things I can't shake, and I can't yeah. explain it now because I don't have any reason to believe it necessarily. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any yeah. objective moral ethic at this point based on anything external of myself. So it's just yeah, a really yeah. counterintuitive idea that I'm just hanging on to. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's but it's it is. But I'm sticking but, with it. But it, <laughs> you know, it, like it, it clicks and it like makes sense in a way. It that just is, does make I, sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, like hearing you talk about that makes you go, how can you not believe in God? Like, come on, Derek Webb. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I not there. I, I mean, know. I know it's, a, I, I'm just, I just have to be honest about the fact that I'm just not persuaded of it. Like I, like I, I'm, there was a, there was a, when you allow yourself the, when you allow yourself the permission or the, the real estate to <laughs> detach from the conclusion bias that, that no matter how far you doubt, um, that there's a point beyond which you just won't go, that there's some things that are just objective of you and separate from you and that you just, that have to be non-negotiable. And when you, when you, for whatever reason, be it trauma or long suffering that you, you finally find yourself feeling allowed to detach from the conclusion bias that it must be true or is probably true or even is more likely true than something else. And you're able to really look at it object truly objectively, which is what happens has happened to me over the last four or five or six years. I just looking at it with no reason for it to be true or no conclusion bias that it might or must be true. I just don't find it to be, I don't find it necessary to be true in order for the world to make sense to me. And at least right now, it's like when you're just trying to look at things and figure out, okay, how does all this work? And what is this story? And what, how, how, how do I make sense of all this? The, it seems like the simplest, most obvious conclusion is typically the right one, as opposed to the one that requires multiple miracles and no, mm -hmm. no visible current evidence within a few centuries of anything. It's like, it's, yeah. it's because, because there's also, I mean, and, and I, I hear the objections in my own head to statements like that to say, yeah, yeah, but what about all these experiences you had where it's so clearly God showed up and did something? I'm like, well, maybe so. And I, and what I'm not willing to say is that I know for sure anything. I don't, I'm completely mm -hmm. uncertain about it. Um, and so I would never evangelize my current beliefs or anything, but, um, but because that's true. And may, maybe, yeah, maybe that, maybe that is true. Maybe all that does point to something and mean something. But I think, you know, if, if anyone has those doubts, better to be honest and sit with them long enough to feel settled about it than to feel like you got to jump either way, which really is the, is what I see too many people going through deconstruction doing, because maybe they're just too anxious to rebuild a grid through which they can look at the world to make it make sense, or they're just reactionary and angry so they want to jump from one fundamentalism to another. So they want to go from, yes. I know for sure that this is true about God. Now I know for sure that this is true about God not being there. And it's like, no, I, 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 need, I want to go a little while and say, 
I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what's true, and I, and I, and I want to be open to it being true. But I also want to be open about the fact that I'm not persuaded right now, and I want to hold the space for, for, you know, for, for that. And I don't want to rush my way through it because the stakes are just too high. Because if, because if, if it's not true, if if it winds up not being true, then I'm at no peril to investigate because I'm not losing anything. If it, if it. Uh, and, I, and I would want to know if it's not real. If God's not there, I need to know that. And if he's not there, then I'm at no peril to go through my season of doubt because he's not there to help me anyway. If he is there and it does all wind up being true, which I hope that it is, honestly, it would be so much easier because um, I've spent 30 years believing it and studying it. Then I also feel at no peril because what, like people say, God's bigger than your doubts and he can withstand, you know, the doubts of one of his little creatures that he made. And I'm not going to dis- I'm not going to make him not true by going a few years doubting him. And Jesus said, everyone who you've given me, um, you know, like, like in, in other words, like nothing can pluck from Jesus' hand those who, um, you know, uh, God loves. And the end of Romans 8 talks about neither height nor depth and all the things that can't separate you from God's love. And, and I can't believe also that if it's true that my being honest about the doubts that I have, more than doubts, could be suddenly an asterisk to that list of all the things that can never separate me from God's love. Um, I have to believe that even this couldn't do it if it's real. So really in either case, the only peril is if I ignore it. The only peril is if I ignore my doubts or I'm fearful of my doubts and won't articulate them. That's the only peril. There is no peril in walking through them and pulling it up by the root, really examining and getting it sorted out. And there's also... Um, no peril in believing it wholeheartedly. Um, so uh, like an extreme move in either direction, you should have no fear about. It's the sitting and in fear of your doubts, never acknowledging them. That's what's, that's what can be unhealthy in my opinion. You know, I, I just couldn't go after years and years, I couldn't go any longer pleading with total silence anymore. Like, you know, it's just like they say, like, if you don't have a quiet time, like what, what kind of relationship, you know, you have to show up for a relationship and you have to, and if you're not talking and blah, blah. And I've always heard that. And, but the same goes, it goes both ways. So I'm only going to show up and plead for someone to show up and for there to be a rescue or for somebody to actually be there, for there to be any voice to come back and any, you know, life on the other end of the line. I can only do that for so many years before I just say, you know what, I'm going to leave my line in the water but uh, I'm going to hook it to the edge of the boat and go and try to make a life here because I just, mm-hmm. I can't live like this forever. Yeah. You know? I appreciate that. It's just all I have. <laughs> hey, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you chatting and I, and I, I can't <laughs> tell how much I appreciate your, your perspective and your sticking around. And, you know, I hope, uh, I hope we talk a lot more over the years. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing the next album and yeah. the rest of the journey because who knows what could come next I certainly don't <laughs> I really like that your honesty and it's one of those really fantastic things and this album is it feels very raw and yeah. I, I can't imagine the courage it took to share well I felt like an act, of, an act of desperation I, I don't really feel like I had any other choice but I, yeah. but I received that so thank you <laughs> well thank you Okay, see ya. Bye. If I've learned anything, 
in the last few days. It's that you don't you don't know what you believe until you are completely fucked over by somebody or some situation until your entire life is turned upside down. Kind of that crash of, hey, this God is not really what I thought God was. Thanks for listening. To add your voice, lend your support, and meet our team, visit theairingofgrief.com. We are a community-backed project. Please consider joining our faithful supporters to help us keep the conversation going. You can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. And we'll see you after church next Sunday for The Airing of Grief.